0: In this time of uh, sharing this Sunday, we're gonna hear from three PMC members and sing about communion. These stories and songs reflect issues of gender, justice, and inequality that are present both here with us and around the global church, though they take different forms in different times and places. Through all of this, we can feel the goodness of God, God with us, God's love present. I hope that you will be able to taste and see something new, a glimpse of God in a new form, a flavor of God's presence with the church in other parts of the world, a sense of the goodness of God in all of us and in creation. Taste and see the goodness of God in many images.
1: Good morning, I'm Lois Gearhart. The first song that we're going to hear is based on writings of Julian of Norwich, who lived and wrote in the 14th century. It is not a new song. It was in our previous hymnal with a different tune. We will sing of mothering God, mothering Christ, and the mothering spirit. During the release of Voices Together, our hymnal in 2020, I was curious how decisions were being made around gendered language in the new hymnal. I have long been off-put that many of our beloved and most sung hymns refer to God as King, Father, or Lord. The committee took a balanced approach by expanding the images for God beyond those in previous Mennonite hymnals while also retaining familiar images. I've enjoyed experiencing the results of their work. At times, they switched from a masculine to a feminine God reference. Other times, they used gender-neutral language or often they just call God, God. I have been interested how gender affects the way I experience the goodness of God, my faith, and what I understand about the Bible, probably starting when I was being taught about an unmistakably masculine God in Bible classes at Western Mennonite School and Church. That sent me down a lifetime of questioning the effect of the patriarchal, patriarchal basis of faith and God and how it affects women and girls, myself included. It feels denigrating to me, and I know it does to others. I have many questions, like why at PMC, when we say the Lord's Prayer, do we say, Our Father, 51 Sundays out of the year, and only one time, on Mother's Day, do we say, Our Mother? If we are all created in God's image, does that mean God is pangender? Why does Jesus call God Father? Is it because the Bible was written during a time of patriarchy? Many have referred to the spirit as feminine and with the pronouns she or her. Did you know that spirit in Hebrew is a feminine word and in Greek it is gender neutral? Some assert that God's pronouns are truly they, them, because, well, there are three of them the Trinity. It is easy to find oneself becoming more confused trying to discern what to believe about God and gender, and in the end, to echo what I hear Kurt often summarizing, I am even less certain about what to do and believe. What I do know is that when I hear verses and songs that display both the masculine and feminine face of God, it helps me visualize a tender, comforting, and nurturing God, and I feel closer to that envisioning. I also know that words matter, and using expansive imagery for God can help us see and live out the conviction that each person is created in God's image. I um, reference a book often called Swallow's Nest." Nest. It's a feminine reading of the Psalms, and I'd like to read for you the 23rd Psalm. See how this resonates. Because El Shaddai shepherds me, my deepest needs are met. She gives me rest in the green pastures of her word. She leads me beside still waters of prayerful silence. She restores me, body and soul. She leads me in the paths of wholeness. Even when I walk in the shadow of death, I fear no evil for she is with me. Her rod and staff uphold and guide me. She sets her table before me in the presence of my inner enemies. She is with me when I walk through the shadow of death. I fear no evil. She sets her table before me in the presence of my inner enemies. She anoints my head with the oil of her blessing. My cup of joy overflows. Know that her goodness and mercy will follow me as long as I live and that I will dwell forever in the house of her loving presence. I recognize that using feminine pronouns for God raises theological issues that are a matter of considerable controversy within the Christian tradition, but I believe we can confirm on all sides that God is neither male nor female, but far from both. I encourage you to consider a variety of approaches when thinking about God and gender, Alan Rudy Freuss, a teacher at AMBS, a Mennonite seminary, urges us to sing Mothering God with curiosity, love, and zeal, respecting and even privileging new images of God that lead us to a deeper understanding with each other, the world, and the nameless yet nameable one. Thank you. As Lois mentioned, this
2: is a new tune. So we're going to have a quartet sing. And I'll just invite you to read along as we sing it. Number 426.
0: taste and see, the goodness of God in creation in all of us, created and named good.
3: Quite often, when I mention that I'm a middle school teacher, the response is often, wow, thank you. That must be really hard. Well, yes, it is. On a variety of levels, I won't lie. It's generally felt, it's often felt, that middle schoolers must be, are difficult people to be around because, well, unfiltered words often tumble from their mouths and they're impatient with you and they seem to exult in doing the exact opposite of what you ask them to do. Mark Twain once famously said, many of you will know this, that when a child becomes a teenager, you should put him in a barrel and feed him through a hole <laughs> in the lid. And when they turn 16, plug the hole. <laughs> he seems to have felt, and many still feel, that middle schools are, uh, schoolers are best to be avoided and placed in a barrel, and that they are often to be tolerated but somehow don't belong. And I will say this, that one of the most challenging parts of teaching middle school is to watch students be so hard on themselves and don't really understand how beautiful they are, how God created they are, how fearfully and wonderfully they're made. We're about to sing a song, a well-known song from an African American tradition that starts out, I'm going to eat at the welcome table. It turns out that Alice Parker changed the words in the mid-1970s to, you've got a place at the welcome table. And at first, it may seem like these words of inclusion are welcoming. But a companion commentary to the Voices Together hymnal points out that these words actually foster the belief that some are hosts and some are guests. I welcome you. I, who belong here, am glad that you have come to join us. The original words, I'm going to eat at the welcome table, contain no such we, they language. Rather, they hold claim to the promise that God welcomes all people to the table. In my own Presbyterian tradition, it's to be clearly understood that the pastor is not the one who welcomes people to the table, but God alone, and that's one of the reasons why it's called the Lord's Supper. Male language aside, there is no host power guest dynamic that serves to normalize the idea that there are those who are invited and those with the power to invite. In education circles, a term is emerging called rightful presence, which essentially says the same thing. Classrooms should be places where all students feel like they belong and have a rightful presence. Unfortunately, this has not been the case in the past, and educators are now grappling with the hard truth that many students, many students who display challenging behaviors have never fully felt welcome in the classroom. Think back on your time as a student. Did you feel like you belonged in the school? Did you see your face reflected in the history that was taught? your identity acknowledged in the culture of the school, your beliefs and those things you held dear, affirmed by teachers, administrators, and other students? For many students, the answer is still no. The church universal has similarly wrestled over the idea that all are welcomed at the table and admittedly not all Christian traditions feel comfortable Uh, with a pastor who says, God sets the table, and if you feel called to come, then come. Now, I have always thought of the church as a place to practice how I should think and feel and act in the world. If we're to transform society, then we must practice it here. If we believe that we have a rightful presence here, not just at the table, but also in images and songs that we sing, in the artwork that we display in our sanctuary, in the budgets we create, in the buildings that we maintain, in the words that we speak. If we believe that all have a rightful presence here, then we will go out and transform the world, spreading the gospel of rightful presence. If we do that, then we will hasten the day day when all will know that everyone has a rightful presence at the table, in the seats of institutional authority, in our cultural consciousness, and everywhere, everywhere in society. And that's how we bring about the beloved community. May it one day be so.
2: And now we'll sing number 801, I'm going to eat at the welcome table.
0: taste and see the goodness of God especially for those at the margins
4: good morning i'm luis morning. according to the gospel of luke jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee on the Sabbath. While he was there, he noticed how the other guests picked the places of honor at the table. After seeing that, and as was his custom, he told a story, a parable, that offended everyone there. (laughs) The story ended with a warning. Do not take the place of honor at the table for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. And the host could come and give your seat to that person. Not happy with that, and as a conclusion of the story, he said to his host, when you give a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or sisters your relatives or your rich neighbors invite the poor the paralyzed the lame the blind and you will be blessed jesus has a preferential option for a specific people for the people that the world does not prefer when the gospel of luke refers to the people of god it uses the greek word laos which refers to the excluded, the marginalized. In Spanish, we understand this very well because the word laos is not translated in our Bibles as la gente, which in English would mean a random group of people. The word laos is translated as el pueblo. In Spanish, el pueblo refers to the people that the prominent Pharisee excluded from his dinner. For the Pharisee, El Pueblo wasn't his people, because he himself wasn't part of El Pueblo. The Pharisee, his friends, relatives, and neighbors, the people that he invited, were part of the ruling class. And that is another kind of people. These people, the Pharisees people, were doing well even under Roman military invasion. And as is often the case with rich people and the ruling class, as is often the case with them. But the other kind of people, Jesus people, were in pain. They were the ones who were suffering the dire consequences of living under a foreign empire. In Spanish, we have a saying, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. That could be translated as something, something like, tell me the people that you hang out with, and I will tell you who you are. In Latin America in the 60s, the Catholic Church realized that it was hanging out with the wrong group of people and not with God's people. The Church was sitting at the table of the Latin Americans who were friends with the empire and received the benefits of that friendship. The Church was close to the people who not only picked the places of honor at the table, but with the ones that were also eating all the food at the table, leaving nothing for the rest. So as a a reaction to the poverty and social injustice of the Latin American region, the Catholic Church started a conversion process. And everything that the church did from then on aimed to welcome God's people at God's table. It was in that context that the song Somos Pueblo Que Camina was born, as part of the Mesa Popular Nicaragüense, the popular Nicaraguan Mass, the Nicaraguan Mass of El Pueblo. Today, we are invited to God's table to taste the goodness of God, to have communion with God and his church. But God's presence today is only possible because Jesus and his people have been eating in our basement this week. Communion is only a symbol of God's presence in our daily lives. And thanks to God for that, for the people in this church who recognize God's people and serve them. You and I are invited to sit at God's table today because this week and many other weeks for the last year, people in our church have given our place at the table to people, people more distinguished than us, to God's
2: pueblo. We're going to sing number 464 out of the hymnals, Sobos Pueba Que Camina. And I'm going to invite you to sing this a little differently than it's written. We're going to sing the first verse in Spanish, and then repeat immediately the first verse in English, then go to the refrain in Spanish, and the refrain in English. So we'll do that for the first three verses.
0: Taste and see, the goodness of God found in community. Um, for this last one, I would invite you to turn in your hymnals to number 468, with, which is actually an image uh, and not a song. This image is called Communion by Donna Park. And, uh, and um, Donna, is, uh, Donna Park was born in Korea, but she's lived in the U.S. and now Canada, she graduated from Goshen College and has created design um, and artwork for a variety of Mennonite publications. So while you um, look at this, sink into the artwork there, I'll read you the artist's statement for this piece. The act of eating together is sacred. It allows for jaws to loosen, fists to become relaxed, and hungry bodies to be nourished. It allows us to retain a sort of gregarious formality while being able to talk openly about politically contentious topics. Whether sharing a bowl of rice, breaking flatbread, or drinking a cup of wine, the act of eating together is a collective experience. With the theme of communion, Donna Park moves away from the Eurocentric idea of bread and wine to include soup and rice, foods she grew up eating while living in different countries. This idea also extends to the Christian faith, which moves beyond Western tradition to become an international feast. From faith to food, fellowship and communion, Christ's table extends to everybody. Beautiful. I am grateful for you uh, in joining us in this journey of story and song As we prepare to take communion, you can keep your hymnal open to number 467
2: and we'll sing Taste and See. In our other hymnal, we didn't have the verses printed. I don't know if you remember that, but we just had the Taste and See, and so usually uh, there were the soloists. I would invite us to do this. The first verse, I would like to have the low voices sing that part. Then the second verses have the high voices sing it, and then all of us together in the third verse.
0: Everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. When we begin communion, you can come to the front or the old chapel as you are ready. We have breads from many parts of the world to help us taste and see the goodness of the global church that we are a part of. And we will have the opportunity to do communion in small groups that will help us feel a sense of that community. When we start, you can come to this table um, or in the back. Here in the back, you can point out to any of us here which which bread you'd like to have for your communion. Then take the bread with you to the cup servers who will be on the sides where you can gather in small groups to drink and eat together. Our servers will take communion first to show you how this will flow as we try something a little new, we can give each other lots of grace. If you are needing more of an individual option today, head to the back, Um, they will give you, they will do the communion for a line of individuals like we often do. Children are welcome to come with their families and gluten-free bread is available in both front and back. From Micah 4 and Psalm 34, we know that In the days to come, the mountain of the house of God will be the highest of all mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. All people will stream to it. Now on this day, God invites us to this table, an invitation for all peoples. Though we are many scattered through all parts of the earth, today we are one gathered at this holy meal. A meal where we remember Jesus and glimpse the reign of Christ. As we live into this reign of Christ, the beloved family of God all over the world, we will be called to taste and see the goodness of God in many languages. Hear these words from 1 Corinthians 11:23 23 to 25. In English, Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, When you share bread together, remember me. Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant. When you drink it together, remember me. And in Swahili?
4: Je, niwasifu, Jambohili la sita wa sifu
0: kwa maana mimi nilipokea kutoka kwa bwana yale maagizo niiyowapa nyinyi kwamba bona Yesu usiku ule aliposalitiwa alitwaa mkate naye akiisha kushukuru akaumega akasema huu ndio mwili wangu ambao ni kwa ajili yenu. Fanyeni hivi kwa ukumbusho wangu Na vivi hivi baada ya kula akakitoa kikombe, akisema. Hiki kikombe ni agano jipia katika damu yangu. Fanyeni
3: hivi kila mnyoapo kwa ukumbusho wangu.
4: El Señor Jesús, la noche en que fue traicionado, tomo pan y después de dar gracias lo partió y dijo, Esto es mi cuerpo, entregado por ustedes. Hagan esto en memoria de mí. De la misma manera tomó la copa y después de cenar dijo, Esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Hagan esto cada vez que beban de ella, en memoria de mí.
2: And in German? Der Herr Jesus, in der Nacht, da er verraten ward, Nahm das Brot, dankte und brach es und sprach: Das ist mein Leib, der für euch gegeben wird. Das tut zu meinem Gedächtnis. Desgleichen nahm er auch den Kelch nach dem Mahl und sprach: Dieser Kelch ist der neue Bund in meinem Blut. Das tut, so oft ihr daraus trinkt, zu meinem Gedächtnis.
0: I would invite you all to pray with me. God of us all, we thank you for creating a world of beauty and diversity, for calling and liberating your people through water and manna, fire and cloud, for adopting us into your family by the word and example, the cross and empty tomb of Jesus, for pouring out your spirit on every nation, tongue, and tribe. In this meal, we celebrate our unity with Christians around the world and across the centuries, with all who take and eat and taste and see that you are good. As Jesus prayed that the disciples would be one, make us one, sharing the abundance of the earth, meeting suffering with love, declaring every life a gift. Send your Spirit upon us in our gathering, within our meal, among your people throughout the world. Amen.